You're listening to Making Waves from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Trudy Monk. In this podcast, we meet Portsmouth graduates who drive positive change in their communities and around the world. As they share their journeys, you'll be struck by an overriding drive in each and every one to make a difference in the lives of others. In the past year, the pandemic has brought health and well-being into sharp focus. At the University of Portsmouth, these themes have long been reflected in our research, teaching and community engagement. We're proud of the contribution our research makes to understanding and addressing health challenges, especially now. And equally proud of the many Portsmouth students who enter and complete health-related programmes in order to meet the needs they see in their communities and beyond. In this series, we meet six graduates who are at the forefront of advancing health across a number of sectors, professions and locales. Whilst not all of them work in healthcare per se, all share a passion for enhancing well-being in our society. Like the university where they studied, these graduates are finding solutions to health challenges. There's no question that the alumni featured here are innovators in their fields. They found a way to combine their work with their passion to contribute. We hope their stories inspire you, wherever you are, whatever you do. In this episode, we talk with Mark Cheeseman, a Portsmouth pharmacy graduate, about making complex healthcare information accessible. By empowering professionals with the right information, Dr. Cheeseman is helping healthcare providers give better advice to patients. Let's hear about the critical role that information plays in ensuring medicines are used for maximum benefit. As a pharmacist working in a hospital out on the ward, you're reviewing patients' treatments, you're advising consultants right down to junior doctors and nursing staff on the appropriateness or the dosing. So I'm Mark Cheeseman. Um, my role at the moment is professional lead for medicines information in the Midlands and East NHS regions. And that's part of the NHS specialist pharmacy service. And I studied pharmacy at the University of Portsmouth. So what does that job actually entail? What, what do you do? So essentially, it's, it's uh, leading a service um within that that sits across two regions so the midlands and the east so that's as far as up to the border uh with wales right across to um the east coast of so suffolk so that that kind of area and within that area there are three um centers um that handle questions from healthcare professionals about any aspects of medicines use so, for example, it might be I have a patient uh, sat in front of me, and this could be a GP. I've got a patient sat in front of me. They've got a question about, um, you know, I've got a question that this patient uh, is uh, pregnant and they've been taking X medication um, throughout the first X weeks of their pregnancy. Is it okay for me to continue that medication in that patient or do I need to change it to something else or actually should I should I stop it um, and those questions come into those three centers uh, and and we give clinical advice on a kind of patient specific level for for those inquiries so those healthcare professionals can be doctors nurses pharmacists from from any kind of sector of the health system and and in addition to that 
Um, we also, because we're part of the NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service, we also um, create content that sits on a website, so which is uh, the SPS website, sps.nhs.uk, and we create content uh, which gives advice to healthcare professionals, but I guess in a proactive way. So the first part is very much reacting to questions being asked, and the latter part is obviously we put it out there in an attempt to to stop people having to contact us individually, and they can go there and see that. So, um, and the NHS specialist pharmacy service is not just medicines information, which is the area I sort of work in uh, we also work collaboratively with colleagues in medicine safety or quality assurance and pharmacy procurement so it's quite a quite a specialist group hence the title mm. and, and we work collaboratively together really yeah so that, that must uh, must require really some detailed knowledge and it's so um broad ranging as well it must be uh... yeah and um it does and and i think we may get onto this later, but I, I guess for probably about half my career, I've worked in, in this field that's called mm-hmm. medicines information. Historically, it used to be called drug information, and if you um, and that and that's how it's coined in the in the in the states. But in the UK, it's called medicines information. Probably half my career has been in that, but the the rest of my career has sort of been outside of medicines information. So whilst it's um, it is quite a specialist area, there are lots of transferable skills that you can mm-hmm. take into other areas of pharmacy which you might end up working in as well. Um, but yeah, it is a, it's quite a niche um, aspect of pharmacy and it, and it's very much often feels like it's sort of behind the scenes. Um, and, 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 but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of quite key. And I think um, during COVID in the last, well, since March last year, um, there's been a lot of work that the NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service has been doing to support healthcare professionals around whether it be COVID uh, at the beginning and, and the impact on medicines and, and more recently the COVID um, vaccines as well. So, yeah, quite quite crucial part of the NHS, really. So when you talk about uh, COVID, was it with things coming up? Because obviously when, that, when it all sort of first started, you know, it's been on the news about how, um, you know, you know, 10, 10, 11 months on, they've got much better knowledge of how how to best treat people who've, who've, who are ill enough to be in hospital with it. Um, so was, it, was there an element to your job of kind of advising on, on medication when they were kind of trying out different things? Was that anything you got involved in? Yeah, so I think um, obviously there are a number of clinical trials going on with mm. with medicines um and that follows a you know a due process um and if there are queries that come up in as part of that clinical trial then that's normally managed with the as part of that trial our role was really around um very early on was questions were coming up around um well is it okay um for me to use this drug um, in a patient who may um, may may be experiencing COVID um, as an infection, and uh, so we we very rapidly recognised that there was a need for us. And, and actually, I should say there was there was a deluge of information, um, both within the NHS and outside the NHS. And as a healthcare professional, um, you know, trying to keep on top of that was a real challenge. So what we recognised quite early on was that. 
just a basic need of trying to signpost people to to that guidance because there was so much out there and also teasing out what were the key medicines related issues as well because you'll, you'll get a document and it won't just be about medicines um there'll be a lot more infant in there which is great and, and obviously incredibly um essential but for i guess particularly for a pharmacy audience it was what what if you go into that guidance, that 20-page guidance, what are the key medicines-related issues that I need to be aware of? So that's what we're doing at the very beginning. More recently, um, and p- part of my role in this, along with colleagues, uh, was that we, um, on behalf of NHS England, wrote standard operating procedures that needed to be followed for both the for the two vaccines that exist at the moment. And um, and so I was involved in writing those SOPs to be used in trusts for one of those vaccines. Um, and, you know, th- to, to see when you see on the news some of that appearing in the background, knowing full well that it's come from the NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service, you know, uh, that that's you know, something to be really proud of, that we've been part of that as part of the bigger the, big, the bigger will really of, of lots of different disciplines and both within and outside pharmacy being involved with. That's amazing. I mean, you said it's, you know, it's niche, but it's really um, far reaching, I guess, what you do. It's sort of all aspects of, of sort of the NHS's work, you know, obviously with anything requiring sort of, uh, you know, pharmacy, I guess, you know, you've got some involvement in it. Yeah. And I, I and it's an area of pharmacy that I, um, I got into quite early on <clears throat> and part of that was one of the reasons I really enjoyed it was because of that variety I mean you can be asked about <clears throat> anything uh, with related to a medicine or pharmacy and so what you end up doing is developing a very generalist knowledge and quite a broad knowledge of pharmacy um, and and as, as a pharmacist when you know, you then start to reflect on your own career and there are opportunities that come up and going elsewhere, you suddenly realise that um, actually that's a real advantage when, you, when you're when going for other um, job opportunities outside of medicines information because you're taking with you broad knowledge and, and transferable skills. Sorry, that's my dog snoring in the background. I don't know if you can pick that <laughs> up, but sorry, just in case you're wondering, it's not me. Um, and... Um, so, you, so you, you do have a really broad knowledge. And I think that's why people, some people really like working in medicines information because no one day is the same. Um, others, I, I, I imagine, would use it then as a springboard to, to take with them in, in other opportunities, you know. So how long have you been in this role? Uh, in this role, uh, uh, a year and a half in this role um before that i was working as deputy chief pharmacist at addenbrooke's hospital in cambridge um so i was i was in that job for just over four years then before that i was working in a clinical commissioning group as a specialist pharmacist uh, and i did that for about two and a half years and before that i was in medicines information um so i'd i'd left yeah, so I'd, so I'd left Medicines Information and um, really felt I'd got to a point in, in my previous role where I felt quite comfortable. And I, I don't mean that arrogantly, but I was quite comfortable, I, you know, and I guess I was looking for a new challenge. Mm-hmm. And so actually I left the hospital um, side of things, which is what I've been worked in all of my career and, and went out to primary care um, and sort of saw the commissioning 
angle around medicines and that was that was really interesting and then there was an opportunity to go into a very senior role at adam brooks um and and work there for just four years and then came back to mi so um but it in my at the beginning of my career i'd, I'd started off um as a what, what we call a rotational pharmacist so you end up working in lots of different rotations um and then very quickly moved into medicines information quite early on in my career down at southampton um and i did that for about three years and then i i came up here uh sorry i came to the suffolk coast and ended up working in different areas critical care um antimicrobials that sort of thing and then and then ended up after seven seven years going into sorry after three years going back into medicines information so it was a it was an mi a break mi break quite a bit of a break and then mi again so it seems to be this boomerang pulling me back to medicines information <laughs> for some reason it must be quite nice though to be able to kind of go off and, and do other things and, and sort of come back to it and with each of those i guess you're learning uh, new skills and new information it all kind of then you know mixes together and and just yeah improves as, as yeah, you go I, along yeah i think so i think um i think that's one of the one of the really positive things about pharmacy is that you can not only move between different parts of the health system um you know whether you're working in a hospital or in primary care or community pharmacy but you can also then um, particularly in the hospital settings you can move into different areas that pharmacy uh, is linked into and you're right i mean th this current role that i'm in one of the reasons i i decided to come back to medicines information was because it was combining that um, leadership and management skills that I developed in those other roles and, and bringing that with me back into medicines information where I had that that experience and knowledge of working in in MI so um, and I think I think for me personally working in all those different areas has given me a, a kind of broader understanding of the health system as opposed to just one particular view or one particular experience you know and i think I, th I think that's really important particularly as the nhs continues to evolve um mm. it, it's a lot more integrated now and will be i'm, I'm sure uh, even more so so having that broader understanding of the nhs whatever role you work in i think is is helpful yeah i mean it's such a massive organization isn't it so to have experienced different different sort of parts of it must be really useful because it is just so huge <laughs> Yeah, it is. And and I was, um, I said I, I sort of left MI and then came back. But actually, um, for, for that time that I was out of MI, um, I was also doing a part-time PhD, um, uh, which was around medicines advice out of hours. So although I left MI, I still had a kind of tenuous link because I was doing some research. And actually, it was quite useful not to be an MI doing that research in a way because it gave me maybe a less biased view on things mm -hmm. um but yeah so i never quite left it i guess I, it was always there stayed so. with you just in a different way yeah yeah absolutely so when did you finish your phd uh i think it was all in all viva corrections uh march last year okay I've, i mean i've got my phd we didn't have a graduation ceremony obviously because of covid so that's a bit sad but yeah. um I think hopefully maybe something in the summer, but we'll see. Yeah, must be nice to have, got, to have done it though. I mean, that again is another great achievement. Yeah, um, it's probably one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Mm. Um, and uh, for me, it, it was sort of seven years part time. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, doing it part time. I think just must be so much harder in some ways, and the time management and kind of getting it it done. Well, I think any anybody that does a PhD, I hats off to them. Really. I mean, I, it's strange, isn't it? Because um, I finished. Yeah, as I say, everything was done and dusted in March, you know, all, all officially um, last year done. But during my time of doing that PhD, I changed jobs three times mm-hmm. because I, I started off doing it when I was still in MI, then left and went to the CCG, Adam Brooks, and then came back to MI just to finish it off. And um, Adam Brooks, because I, I actually live in, um, in a place called Felixstowe on the Suffolk coast. Yeah. Um, and it's about an hour and a half's drive to, uh, well, to, to to the park and ride for Addenbrooks and then get on my bike and cycle to Addenbrooks. So I was leaving quite early in the morning, working quite late. Yeah. I was doing four long days uh, so I could have one day a week to do a PhD. And, you know, I, now with the amount of time I suddenly have, <laughs> I don't know how I did that, really. And yeah. uh, three yeah. children, two dogs, you know, and all that. You just kind of think, how, how, how do we do that? So, um yeah, I think uh, hats off to my wife, really. I think she, I could have probably done it without her, <laughs> to be honest. Experience with you. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, what what uh, university did you do your PhD with? So at this point, I should say, I would love to have done it with the University of Portsmouth. But, um, and actually, there, there is a tenuous link to Portsmouth University. So um, I started off, uh, it started off with the University of Wolverhampton School of Pharmacy. And the reason for that is there was a chap called Professor Rutter. He's now Professor Paul Rutter, who uh, used to work at Portsmouth University, actually. And he was my teacher practitioner when I was there, um, when I was there. And um, his wife is a pharmacist and she used to work in the world of medicines information. And so back in um, 2011, I think it was 2012, uh, when I got wind of this, there was an opportunity to to do a PhD with that university, University of Wolverhampton. He'd moved there from Portsmouth to that school of pharmacy. And there was an email that came out saying they were offering um, scholarships, you know, sponsorships. So they pay for all your fees, et cetera. So I thought, wow, you know, that opportunity doesn't come up very often. So I applied and, you know, made an application and had an interview and, and all of that and um, was really lucky to, to be accepted. Um, and then I think it was about three years left in the course, um, Professor Rutter got a job at the University of Central Lancashire, UCLan School of Pharmacy in Preston. And um, basically, we were offered either to, to go with him or, or to stay at, at University of Wolverhampton. So I went with him because um, I thought, well, look, you know, he's he knows what I'm doing. Um, and I knew him from I was at Portsmouth. So there was already that, that kind of link. So I finished off at, at UCLan, but literally about six months before the end of my course, he then emailed us to say, oh, I'm returning to Portsmouth. So he's back at Portsmouth University School of Pharmacy. Oh, wow. um, and he said, but don't just stay where you are. I'll still support you. So in, in fairness to him, even though he was back at Portsmouth and not officially at UCLan anymore, he did very much still act as, you know, as a as a supervisory support and um, even came up to my Viva at Preston from Portsmouth he didn't have to but he came up um, as part of that as well so so there is although it wasn't with Portsmouth it was probably because of that link um, mm. with Portsmouth University of, of somebody that I knew who had taught me and you know pharmacy is quite a small world really so that that was quite nice yeah but, but I did I, I obviously I did my degree at Portsmouth and I did it's 
worked down on the south coast at the beginning. So I, I actually worked at Portsmouth hospitals when I first um, qualified. So when you get your degree, you then have to do a pre-registration training year. And I did that at Portsmouth hospitals, stayed on at Portsmouth uh, for about nine months. And then, and then I moved to Southampton and then eventually we moved to the, to, to Suffolk. Um, so I did my diploma as, as pharmacist. You can do a diploma in clinical clinical pharmacy um in clinical that pharmacy. with in clinic yeah in clinical pharmacy um so i did that at portsmouth um i think i also when i was down on the south coast i also went back to portsmouth to speak as an ex-student actually and about where i'd got to in my career at that point i think i was at southampton at the time um and i also used to teach um on some postgraduate courses at southampton uh, at portsmouth when i was at southampton so i i teach um around medicines information skills to some pharmacists who were doing postgraduate diplomas as well so um it was nice to be able to do that actually when i was down there you know and have that have that link yeah so you sort of, yeah, sort of kept, kept that link going with them yeah well i think it's it's nice to give i know it's going to sound cliche but it, it is nice to give something back as well i think you know um and particularly when you, you go back as an ex-student i mean you know imposter syndrome in capital letters i'd say uh, but you go back and you, you know it's it, i never had that actually um i heard very much from the world of community pharmacy your boots your super drugs your co-ops at the time didn't really hear anyone who had who was working in hospital pharmacy so it was nice to be able to go back and talk to the students about my experiences as a as a hospital pharmacist you know so, yeah, I guess uh, I, I guess yes. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of people when they think of pharmacy, they do think of that community pharmacist where you take your prescription from from the GP. So it must be really useful to kind of perhaps you know broaden people's horizons and open their eyes to kind of this world of possibility uh, of all the different things you can do. Yes, it is. Yeah, people often think about prescriptions and the high street pharmacy and the dispensing, but um, and, and that's obviously incredibly important um, role. Um, but you know it's much it's much broader than just just that with your current role but you know all your work in in, in general what's your sort of motivation what did you when you kind of embarked on on a sort of pharmacy career what was your motivation what, why did you what, what drove you um well I, I suppose most people have their have their stories don't they i mean i i suffered with asthma quite badly as a as a child um i was in and out of hospital uh, quite a few times uh, with severe asthma attacks in hospital and um, I I do remember you know at the time thinking you know I, I think delusions of grandeur where I thought oh well I'll, I'd love to invent a cure for asthma you know if only it was, if it was that simple and I guess that's that's kind of what sort of sparked my interest in in anything pharmaceutical or or, or medical and then um uh, my mum at quite a young age developed rheumatoid arthritis um, and again you know something about you know uh, being able to wouldn't it be great if I could do something around that but I think then what ended uh, I ended up doing some work experience at school in a community pharmacy and so moving away from that what, what I would now call kind of that industry that that big pharma kind of view of where i wanted to go i think i suddenly realized that actually um there was something quite appealing about talking to patients um 
giving their giving them advice and uh, being able to communicate quite complex information to patients in a way that they understand and and that's kind of I guess where I then thought oh, maybe this is something I'd really like to do and and certainly through university I was pretty much confident that I was going to end up working for um, you know a large community pharmacy chain I'd done my summers at a large community pharmacy chain like Boots and um, and I thought this is pretty much where I'm going and it was really only a last minute thought uh, that I'd had which was that I'd never I'd sort of dismissed hospital pharmacy. I'd kind of figured, you know, that's not something I'm interested in. It's it's all about injections. I, I'm not sure I'm interested in that. But I thought, well, I'll do some work experience just to make sure that I'm definitely, that's definitely not something I'm interested in. And so by chance, I'd, I'd arranged some work experience at Portsmouth Hospitals, actually, um, uh, as a student. And I, I can remember just really... Uh, loving it really enjoyed it it was complete um shock actually i i it wasn't something i was expecting i'd sort of gone in thinking oh well i'm just doing this to confirm it's not something i like <laughs> and actually i ended up thinking actually i really like this and this is th- th- as i said to you earlier there's so so many different areas that you can get involved with and um things are a bit different now but at the time i was then asked if i wanted an interview to do my pre-registration place there um and i said uh, yeah okay um so i ended up having an interview and then they said you know i'd like to offer you the job and i said oh, can i have 24 hours to think about it um went back the next day and said yeah i'll do my do my pre-reg here and that's kind of how i ended up getting into hostel pharmacy really um so the, i think the pharmacy bit was probably already there then the work experience i thought no community pharmacy and then yeah by chance hostel pharmacy so actually when i when I did when I did my pre-registration training year in in hospital pharmacy and I qualified, I did actually, in addition to my full-time job in hospital, I did end up locuming in community pharmacies as well for about the first eight years of being qualified, just because that was something I'd, I'd also enjoyed and and I really enjoyed talking to patients and giving them advice. And maybe that's where my interest in in medicines information, although I didn't know at the time, kind of came from because it was about taking complex information and, and being able to communicate that in a way that, that made sense to others, really. So, yeah, that, that was kind of how I fell into hospital pharmacy, really. And so with that, you're saying sort of talking, talking to patients and the like, but in, in hospital pharmacy, are you more talking to the medical staff? Yeah, well, so, yeah, in, 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 as part of the NHS Specialist Pharmacy Service, that primarily it's for healthcare professionals who, you know, are... Are managing patients and so you're kind of once removed but um when when you're in hospital pharmacy um as, as part of medicines information you are um most hospitals operate something called a a patient medicines helpline so patients can call with questions post-discharge or if they've been to an outpatient clinic appointment they may have questions but as a as a pharmacist working in a hospital out on the wards so part of my role was also previously has been you know you're you're out on the wards um you're reviewing patients treatments um you're advising um consultants right down to junior doctors or, and nursing staff on on the appropriateness or the dosing or, or whatever in terms of medication you're obviously talking to a patient um at the side of the bed or at the end of the bed you're, you're still talking to patients so there was always that that patient contact um but it's probably fair to say that as i've as i've progressed in my career 
I probably have become more removed from that direct patient contact. But it's, you know, it's something that was was really important to me. And, and I guess that's the driver overall for any of us doing this is that you're hoping to have a positive impact on patient care, um, you know, whether it's directly or indirectly. Yeah, I guess, as you say, you're sort of, you know, from the example you gave, a GP may, may call you, but there, you know, it all, all comes back to the patient at the end of the day. You're helping the, helping the GP help the patient. So, that's right. from a sort yeah. of health and wellness point of view, it's, you know, really, really critical, isn't it? With, you know, when you need medication, that you get the right amount of the right stuff. That's right. And, and I think, you know, as, um, in this role and um, in my last role as as deputy chief pharmacist Adenbrooks, you're actually shaping um, a service. So you obviously you've got a whole, you know, you've got a workforce and a, and a team of people. And as opposed to being one person as part of that team, which you are, you are one person who's helping driving that team and driving changes. So you can have a much greater effect then on that service, which is then influencing patient care as well. So, and I think that's that's one of the things that drives me in terms of my ambitions around, you know, um, within pharmacy as a career is that as you become, uh, move into more managerial roles and, and leadership roles, you're then affecting change at a much greater level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's, and that's quite rewarding, you know, as well. Yeah, that well, that actually leads very well into to one of the questions, which, which was, you know, you know, it, it, what would you like people to do differently? You know, you sort of look and see how, how would you, what, what change would you like to to drive going forwards? So i i think I think the ultimate goal for all of us is um, is, is getting the most out of medicines for patients, or turning that around, helping patients get the most out of their medicines. So, you know, for example, rather than you prescribe a medicine at a certain dose, doesn't seem to be quite working. Let's let's add another drug um, and see if that works. And oh, and, and then we've got a bit of a side effect. So we'll add in another drug to counter that side effect. Wouldn't it be better at the very beginning of all of that when we first started a medication, if it was clinically appropriate, that actually we we you know titrate that to to the optimum dose? Uh, and then we wouldn't need a second drug and we probably wouldn't need a third drug to counter some side effects. So it's about helping helping patients and helping healthcare professionals get the most out of those medicines and and making sure that, that medicines are used safely as well. Um, and I think that's still a huge challenge, not just for pharmacy, but for, for all healthcare professionals in the kind of health space is that we make sure that we, you know, we're, we're, we're making sure we're using medicines effectively and safely. Um, and I think that's probably the the overriding overriding driver for all of us as pharmacists certainly is to to achieve that but um not still not quite there yet yeah so one of the questions was sort of thinking you know about about Portsmouth um both alumni and and current students do you I know you said you had that uh, sort of ongoing relationship with with one of your lecturers as you sort of moved around doing a PhD but have you got any involvement with anyone else from your from your days in Portsmouth so I I still keep in touch with some some um friends who were on my course uh in pharmacy um so one of those still actually uh lives and works in portsmouth so um uh and and is actually godmother to one of my children so we we um go down there at least once a year to portsmouth um 
to see to see her and her family so that's that's really nice um so it's always nice to you know we drive around with our own children saying well that's where we that's you know that's where we stayed in halls or that's where i studied um so that's quite nice somebody in my team actually who started um towards the end of last year um was in my same group of friends at university so um she's now part of of my team so that's quite nice uh and um and to see her with her young family as well um and um i also uh my wife i met at university at portsmouth so um obviously i see her quite a bit <laughs> she's telling me to be quiet now at this point so uh but that's you know we we met in our first year at university um so uh and yeah so, so that's quite nice as well really so Portsmouth Portsmouth has you know it's obviously I'm, I'm sure and I, I don't know if this is one of the other questions but it's true you know we I, I used to go down to Portsmouth quite a lot I grew up in in a place called um, Woking in Surrey and um, so we used to drive down to Portsmouth all the time you know weekends we'd have picnics on South Sea Common we'd be walking along the prom it was lovely so and I think that's probably why I ended up going to Portsmouth it was something it was a familiar place to me um, I really like the area I like living by you know the idea of living by the sea at the time and um when i came to the open day i could i can remember it now you know it was in the old park building um but there was this excitement that pharmacy was moving into a new building um st michael's and and it was there in the background you know looking like a ship in the middle of portsmouth with the chimneys um and it it just, i don't know it just felt it's probably very cliche again but it, it just felt like um it felt right to to, to be going to Portsmouth and I, you know, and I, I loved it. I love my time there. So, um, yeah, still keep in touch with people, still go down there. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it is, um, yeah, I think it is for, for my wife and I, it is a special place actually for us. Cause we've got loads of memories there. You know, I proposed to my wife in Portsmouth and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's a nice, you know, lots of nice memories. Mm. So if, if, if there were sort of Portsmouth students now, particularly those you know, sort of studying pharmacy who were sort of uh, interested in the, the medicines information, you know, how, you know, how could they get involved and find out more, you know, the sort of roots in, or was it just a case of, you know, waiting for jobs to come up? So I think if I was talking to farm students and they were gen genuinely interested in in medicines information then i think the easiest thing to do and, and and medicines information centers are typically found in hospitals um i'd i'd say just um contact your local hospital pharmacy um and um just ask if you can you know come and um meet the the medicines information pharmacist find out a bit about mi um certainly if i got that question i'd be happy to give some time and i think you know the current climate that we're working in you know if that was done remotely that's quite easy um but i think you know when when i did my pre-registration training year um i spent some time in medicines information and and again that's where i really thought oh this is quite this is an area I quite like you know quite enjoy um so i think just pick up the phone drop an email to your to your local hospital um and um see if you can you know, even if it's half a day, just to understand what goes on in a medicines information service. And that's probably the easiest way of doing that. But you can also, you know, if people are interested, 
um, they can go and have a look at the um, specialist pharmacy service websites and see the sorts of information that's on there. Um, and there are, you know, there's research that's been published around medicines information services as well that they can easily find, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the easiest way mm-hmm. of finding out. That, uh, that makes complete sense, yeah. Um, is there anything about your work that we've, we've not already talked about that you think, you know, is, is important to say? I don't know about, this about my work. I think as a profession, pharmacy as a profession, I think um, I think pharmacy's got a huge, huge role to play in the way that um, medicines are used. And I think uh, one of the one of the really um, interesting things around pharmacy is is being able to um, uh, work within networks um, of pharmacy networks across the NHS, um, but also networks that are, are multidisciplinary as well. So, you know, I think uh, rather than just being an echo chamber pharmacy. Uh, you know, are linked in with many networks that involve nurses and doctors, etc. And it's and I think that's the the way that pharmacy has its its greatest impact on on uh, on the kind of effective and safe use of medicines. Um, by because you know, nurses, doctors, and now pharmacists obviously can prescribe medicines, but it's you know, medicines don't just sit with pharmacy; they they sit with a whole raft of healthcare professionals. So I think. Um, pharmacy has that huge role to play by engaging with all those networks and that's one of the really interesting things and rewarding things I think about pharmacy is is being linked into those and and making you know making that 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 contribution really I don't think there's anything else I mean I could you know obviously in my in my career I've worked in lots of different areas like critical care so intensive care units and uh, I mentioned antimicrobials um, managing new medicines overseeing teams who have um, managed electronic prescribing systems in hospitals but I think all that does is just demonstrate the the real kind of breadth and diversity of pharmacy mm-hmm. um, that 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 anyone looking at perhaps um, pursuing pharmacy's career or um, perhaps looking for a new challenge who've already qualified as pharmacists it just shows that there's a ho- there's a whole kind of opportunity out there of different areas that people can get involved with i i think for me um i i mean i really enjoyed the obviously the pharmacy degree was at the time so what was this 1996 to 1999 was quite um again was was, was quite a broad degree so ranging from from something called pharmacognosy which is all around sort of herbal medicines and their application in in modern medicine through to um you know pharmacy practice so actually dispensing practicals and and things like that um and i i'm I'm sure i know the degree has, has changed quite a bit but um that those pharmacy practice um aspects of the degree i guess is what really interested me because that was the you know not not just the dispensing but the you know dealing with clinical scenarios and um, problem solving because that's a lot of what you know you can infer from what what i well actually most (laughs) most of pharmacy is about problem solving and um so so that in terms of saying that was incredibly helpful uh i think having um you know pharmacy uh 
colleagues as, as lecturers who were keyed into practice. So we had teach practitioners who were working in community pharmacies or working in hospitals who were also teaching us. That that really gave a kind of grounded view of what was going on at the time in pharmacy, and I think that was that was really important and also inspiring in a way because it made you think, oh, that you know, so and so works X Y Z. You know that 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 really interests me. That's something that they talk about, they bring to our lectures. You know that that's something that really interests me. And um, so I think I think the pharmacy practice element, um, uh, the people that we had teaching us on the degree. Um, we were in a brand spanking new building. Um, uh, the, the the people on my course at the time, we had um, had quite an active um, uh, sort of student pharmacy branch. So there's something called the BPSA, which is the British Pharmaceutical Students Association. We had quite an active branch um, for Portsmouth. Um, so you know, as part of your first year, um, you're out socialising with other pharmacy students. Um, and, and you know that that was really good in terms of developing networks and and as I say some of those um, friendships really have kind of continued then um, in the professional world because you end up as I say pharmacy is such a small world that you end up bumping into people who either were in your same year and you still see um, or people that have been to Portsmouth Uni- were at Portsmouth University in days gone by and you and you find out oh you went to Portsmouth as well you know. Um, but but um, no, I just think it was a it was a really I had I had no complaints about my time at Portsmouth. It was it was great. Um, I can't really think of anything else that kind of sowed the seed really. Other than I guess it just being a really great environment to learn and to to want to progress and 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 um, just continue to to develop yourself as a pharmacist. Really, you can't ask more than that, can you? Mark's work has not only helped ensure clear instructions and accurate use of medicines during the recent pandemic, but his passion for communication is affecting long-term change and better health for all. If you're enjoying this series, you can find more podcasts from the University of Portsmouth on this feed. If you'd like to get involved and make a few waves of your own, let us know by emailing alumni at port.ac.uk or click on alumni from the Portsmouth homepage.